Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and today is day number two when we're talking about what to do when your nation's falling apart. We'll talk about what to do to protect your children. We'll talk about what to do to be sure you have food. The trust in God who has never changed has brought the world through big problems before, and he can bring us through this again. Oh, I see the rapture coming. We're going to go to heaven. But until that time, we're going to see the fringes of this thing happening all around us as the world is simply setting up to throw themselves in the face of God and throw themselves in the face of Christians and see us back down. But guess what? We're not going to back down. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began probably a three or four day Uh, teaching on what to do when your nation is falling apart. And I started this yesterday. It is scriptural answers to the general questions being asked today by Christians. What's coming? What's What's ahead for us? And they're getting so upset and fretting about so many things. We have to come back to the truth of God's word. And so we answered about four questions yesterday. Question number one, will God really take care of me? Well, I ask you this, has God been good to you so far? Yes, then you think he's going to fail? Well, no. Again, God gave you the ability to look back on you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. But God also said, forget not all of his benefits. Stop for a moment and remember what God has done for you in the past. In fact, your memory is a great place to start and remember what God has done. And remember this, if he's done that for me before, he will do it again. And we looked at Psalm 37, 25, where David said, I once was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. The second thing we looked at was this, what do you do when your government turns against you? What do you do when the government turns against God? Well, it's happened before in history so many times, and right now we are seeing our government turn against God and against Christians and against the nation of Israel. So we went to Psalm 2, and there we talked about how that God has been there all the time. He's like the fly on the wall that just sits there and listens to what's going on behind the scenes in the Oval Office or in the nations around the world as they get together and plot against Israel and plot against believers and plot against the church and plot against God. And God sits in heaven and laughs and talks to Jesus and has them in derision. And why? Because he knows what the end is going to be. We also can laugh at what's going on and we can have the best attitude in the midst of it if we understand something. If I know what the word of God says about the future, then I can certainly be happy today with what God is doing. Question number three was, Uh, when do we say no to the authorities? We went to Acts chapter four and we talked about when when Peter and John were dragged in there and told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus, not to perform signs and wonders. And they said to them, they said, well, whether it's right to listen to the God or to listen to you, you make up your mind, you judge. They threw the responsibility back on them. You're telling us to make a decision. You put it yourself in our place. Do we obey you or do we obey God? Because when the two contradict each other, we are going to obey God. We cannot do anything except speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. So again, we pointed out that that's what it was. And today I want to start with question number four. Question number four is, but don't we see famine coming? Don't we see the food is going to be in shortage. I want to just say this real quickly is a lot of what we see as a food shortage was contrived. It is purposely planned. You know, years ago, I remember growing up, my mom and dad used to often say, why is the government buying up land? And then they asked the people not to plant anything on, or 
They simply pay the people, instead of buying them, they pay the people every month not to grow anything there. And I remember some Christians will say, well, maybe this is kind of like that time where they let the land rest. You know, every seventh year you have a sabbatical year. Maybe there's some people that try to do it in line with the word of God. No, that's not what the purpose was. Their purpose was to eventually bring us into famine, actually bring us to a place where we don't have enough food. And if you look around you, I remember talking to a, a, a young man who is a senator in Oklahoma and running for state and running for national office. And he told us in a meeting, we were there, he said, you know, here in Oklahoma, the Chinese have been buying up land everywhere for years and we don't, they don't plant anything there. The purpose is to drive us into a place where we are now in famine and we see shortages everywhere of food. It's contrived. It's not just something accidental. You can't blame the governments of other nations saying, well, you know, it's, it's the short, it's the food supply chain, all this other thing. No, it is purposely done. And so God simply wants you to know whether it's purposely done or not, he'll take care of you. Psalm 37 verse 25 again says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. Our children won't have to beg bread because God said he would take care of them if we'll simply keep our trust in him. And the God again, who provides for birds that fly through the air and even said that in the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't he take care of the ravens? Doesn't he take care of the birds of the air? He'll take care of you. In other words, birds are not even redeemed. He didn't even die for birds, but he takes care of birds. If he will take care of birds in the midst of the worst situations birds have always eaten, then he'll take care of you. Why? Because he died for you. Jesus went to the cross for you. You've received him as your savior. You've received him as your Lord and he is your heavenly father also. And just as an earthly father provides for his children, my heavenly father provides for me. So I've never seen the children begging bread. Seed in the ground will always produce, whether or not there is bad times or good times. And we find in Genesis 26 verses 1 and 12 that God even provided for Isaac during famine. If God can provide for Isaac and the ground grew 100 fold, even during famine, then God will take care of us. He promises he'll take care of us. God has not lost the recipe for manna. For 40 years, he fed the children of Israel in the wilderness in a place where there was no bakery. There was no stores to buy it. You couldn't grow anything there. Everything was against food. And God still provided food from heaven and rained down manna every day for 40 years. And God hasn't lost the recipe for manna. He can make it again. Remember when the ravens brought food to Elijah? And in fact, when God called Elijah, he said, the ravens are already over there. Go where the ravens are because they're over there waiting on you to get there and they, they're circling with food in their mouth. So he got there and every day the ravens in the morning and the ravens in the evening fed him with bread and fed him with uh, seed and fed him with meat and bread. God provided every single day for them. And again, ravens can remember how to bring food to us. You know, in 40 years, he never quit the manna. And in a matter of probably a year or two, as, uh, as Elijah was there, God provided for him. So whether your bad times last a month, a few years, or whether 40 years, it simply comes down to this. God will always take care of you. Why? You are the apple of his eye. He takes care of you. And so this is what God is looking forward to doing in your life. 
Well, people ask this question too. Well, what about the perversion and witchcraft going on? What about our children? You know, this is what the ch children of Israel said whenever God said he wanted them to go take the promised land. They said, oh, no, 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 there's giants here. And what about our children? Don't we need to protect our children? Oftentimes we use our children as an excuse not to trust God. Well, I don't want my children to suffer. Well, it sounds noble, but if it comes to a plan of God, then it's stupid. God doesn't want you to put your children ahead of God's plan. He wants you to put God's plan ahead of your children. And remember, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or my children will be begging bread. God always promises to provide for my children. And in the midst of perversion and witchcraft, we have going on today. We've seen it coming for such for some time. Now it's almost like the lid's off. I mean, the covering's gone and they're just openly displaying the fact they want our children to get caught up in all the perversion of the world, sexual perversion, and then also into witchcraft, Satanism, these types of things. And we're seeing it in the cartoons. We're seeing it in the things we used to trust. Now we can't trust it anymore. And so again, it comes back to this. You're not going to get rid of evil. Now, listen, I believe it's our right to protest against all this stuff and understand something. This is the world. And it even says in the New Testament that evil men will get worse and worse. It simply means no matter how much you try to stop it, it's going to keep on going. It's like a spiral. It's all going downhill. It's like water in a drain that's going down and it's draining every single day. And this is what happened. Evil people are getting worse and worse and worse. The only one that's going to totally stop it will be Jesus Christ himself. And today, even in schools, they are just simply telling us, no, we say we don't want this taught. They don't even care. They now have, they've actually come out and shown their true colors. They don't care about parents. They want control of the children and they want the perversion to be put into the children. And this is simply saying, what are we supposed to do? Well, raise your children daily in the word to withstand evil. I know they're in school for a certain amount of time, but when they come home, you can straighten out and show them from the word of God. You know, as my children were growing up, Lorette and I came through a time period in the charismatic movement where it was really, it was a big deal to have a daily devotion with your children. Sit down, and almost have church in your house. Pick about 20 minutes and, and you maybe sing a song and then you go and teach a simple lesson to your children. And they said, this is so important. But you know what? We found ourselves so busy and the kids over here doing this and over here doing this. It was hard to get us all together in one spot. What we decided to do was take the book of Deuteronomy and apply it into our home. Teach it when you get up in the morning, teach them when you put it to bed at night. Uh, when they walk through the doors, when they walk out the doors, as they go to school, as they come back, let them have the word of God. And it simply said this, write them on the doorpost of your house. When you sit down to eat, when you get up from eating, when you put them to bed, when they get up in the morning, we simply made the word of God in every area. We just let everything be a teaching uh, example. As they begin to grow up and got to be 10, 11, 12 years old, we allowed them to watch a little more adult stuff that came across TV, but we would stop and say, see, is that right or wrong, kids? They would say, well, that's wrong. That's good. Glad you can notice it because we cannot erase it from the world. And just like it's on TV, you're going to find it in the world, but you've got to have the clarity and the understanding on how to handle it when you see it. And so we raised them that way and they became successful. We're not trying to remove all evil from their sight. We're trying to warn them when they see it, to look at the word of God and to discern good from evil. That is good. This is evil. Oh, no, no. Now that's evil. Now this is good. And it changes in front of them all the time. But to have the discernment of the word of God simply means they could even go to school and discern good from evil. When my son went to Oklahoma University and he sat in one class, 
class where he had a homosexual teacher who even in French wrote homosexual sentences on the board. My son was able to look at them and go, no, no, yes. Why? Because of the background that he came from. And so he suddenly found out something. This class is an indicator of what the world's going to be like, but what's in me will keep me and preserve me. And that is the word of God. So Proverbs and Deuteronomy give much instruction to parents about raising godly children. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego escaped idolatry, Satanism, and witchcraft because they refused to bow. And they spent some time, you know the story, how they spent some time in the fiery furnace and in the lion's den, but yet no harm came to them. And they ended up being leaders in the land because of their moral stand and their understanding of the word of God. It simply comes back to this. If greater is he that's in you, than he that's in the world. And how about greater is he that's in your children than he that is in the world? It comes back to this. My children will walk in victory. My children will walk in great power because of why they have the same word of God that I do. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or my children begging bread or my children being sucked under by the world system. My children are gonna walk in the things of God. And if they do slip and fall, God's gonna help bring them back up because if they simply ask God to forgive them for that, he will restore them back and they can continue to walk on. There's not a person that's watching this program, including me or anybody else, that has been a success every single day. We've all failed at one time or another, but our purpose was to walk in righteousness. And even if we trip and fall, God is there to pick us up and help us go on. So your children, understand this. If God can get you through it, he can certainly get your children through it. So begin to prepare your children now for what's going on in the world and show them right from wrong. Teach them that. And no matter what comes their way, they will walk in great success. I will see you right after halftime. One of the most fascinating topics in the Bible is end times. A study of the end times is especially appropriate for the time in which we live. For believers, this study will not result in fear and worry, but rather peace, comfort, and joy as we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His Church. As a companion to Bobby Indian's book, Understanding the End Times, this curriculum works well for a Bible group or as an individual study. Topics of study include the seven dispensations, the rapture of the church, Daniel's 70 weeks, the judgment seat of Christ, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Antichrist, and the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The package includes 10 30-minute video lessons on DVD or USB flash drive and comes with study questions and a copy of the book, Understanding the End Times. To order the End Times video curriculum, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, 
redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Question number six is this, but isn't there a coming one world government? Yes, there is. Will we see that one world government set up before we go? We might. The only thing the Bible tells us is, is that the leader of the one world government cannot even show himself that's Antichrist until we're gone. But we're already seeing the beginnings of it. You know, it, it wasn't just a few weeks ago that they began to talk about, even the president talked about it, his leaders around him, of a new international tax. Think about that. We not only have city taxes and state taxes and federal taxes, now we're looking at an international tax? Because why? There's a new government being established. It was known for so long as a one world government, but just a few weeks ago, here's the word that was used, we're going to have a new liberal world order. Well, press went crazy with that. What do you mean by that? Well, Christians know. I mean, the world the world is telling us there's gonna be a liberal world order. We shouldn't be shocked at that. The Bible's predicted it for, for centuries. And it comes back to this. Yes, it will be a liberal world order. It'll be just like the liberals in our country. It won't make a whole lot of sense. They'll just make the rules and regulations and laws for their own benefits. But it simply comes back to this. There is a liberal world order coming and we are very, very close to it. But again, we come back to within the liberal world order, like where this is one head of the entire world. Yes, that's true. It will come out of the EU. And the leader, that one leader of the one world government will be the Antichrist, and he will be seen as a man of peace for the first half of the tribulation. Then halfway through the tribulation, he gets out and then goes over to Israel and sits in the temple in the place where Messiah is going to rule for three and a half years. He's going to become the most evil dictator that has ever existed. But the first half of the tribulation, he portrays himself as a man of peace. So right now, again, it's known as the liberal world order as being established around us every single, and they're not even hiding it anymore. They're just actually coming out and saying, it. And uh, one of the things that was said about with the high gas prices is they're going to stick around and be here for a while because what's coming is the new liberal world order. Well, we've had it before. There has been international governments before. The Tower of Babel came and failed. Communism has failed. Socialism and dictatorships always fail and will continue to fail because they do not work. You can't put people in slavery and expect the thing to last. Though there has never been or ever will be a time of world destruction and turmoil, as the second half of the tribulation, the world has faced terrible times of life loss as at the flood of Noah. Only eight remained. God still won at the end of it. So again, the Tower of Babel, all these other things is man trying to set himself up. But even if it comes down, there's only eight left on the earth. God can still win. I love that. And God literally destroyed everybody there and left the eight. At the end of the tribulation, oh, there's gonna be more than eight. There's gonna be millions of people who gave their life to Jesus Christ during the first and the second half of the tribulation. They'll get to go on into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ in their natural bodies. They will have survived the tribulation. They'll have children on the earth. But We'll be coming back with Jesus at the second coming of the Lord in our resurrection bodies to rule and reign over the earth with him for a thousand years. So God is the rightful owner of the earth. 
Satan only has a temporary lease on this earth. He stole from Adam. I like to think of it this way, is that the earth belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord in the fullness of it. But what it's like is like a big building, and then Satan has leased a certain part of it. Well, his lease is going to come up due soon, and not God is not going to renew Satan's lease. But what happened was Adam was given the lease over this earth. God created it, gave it to Adam, and then Adam undersold or Adam took and subleased this place out to Satan and Satan has had the lease ever since. But at the end of the tribulation, his lease will come up due and God will not renew it. And again, the earth will again belong to the Lord in the fullness of it. And God's gonna start renovating this place and working on it again and Satan will not be here. God will turn the planet back over to man under the rulership of Jesus Christ himself, and Jesus will then sit on the throne in Jerusalem forever. This is when world government will work, when we have a wonderful, benevolent man over the earth and be ruling and reigning for a thousand years and after that ruling and reigning forever. There will be no Congress, no Senate, no Democrats, no Republicans. There'll be no uh, stoppage. There'll be no slowing down. There'll be no one in there trying to get things for themselves. It's going to be a perfect world government under a perfect world leader because Jesus Christ loves people. And this is how it's all going to take place. So Satan only has a temporary lease that he stole from Adam. God will not renew Satan's lease. And so again, Satan will be kicked out of this place because the earth belongs to the Lord. God will turn the planet again back over to mankind. This will be redeemed mankind that came through the tribulation, accepted Jesus Christ because when the tribulation is over, and the millennium begins, Jesus will have all the nations in front of him and separate believers from unbelievers, sheep believers from goats unbelievers, and those who do not know the Lord will be cast into outer darkness, that is hell, forever and forever. And the, another part of that is in hell, they'll be transferred to a worse place one day, and that will be the lake of fire that will occur at the great white throne judgment. All this is found in my books and in other great books too on end times. I know it's going to be a great blessing for you. And what we're offering here is a flash drive on my teaching on end times. So I know you're going to be blessed by that. God will rule this planet, turn it back over to mankind under the rulership of Jesus Christ himself. And then Jesus will sit on the throne in Jerusalem forever and forever. God has a kingdom that has lasted from eternity past and will last into eternity future. So the next one comes back to this is, but what about the one world money system? Isn't that going to come? And then the mark of the beast, all these things are coming and fear comes on people. Well, let me say this. We may see an introduction into an international money system, but it will not totally take over till we're gone. Then the mark of the beast will definitely not be here until we are totally gone, but we're already seeing things headed in that direction. Our president has already talked about a digital economy. We're going to be getting rid of what they have here. And listen, they're actually now indicating that all this inflation, all this stuff around the world, the shortages and all this, the high price of gasoline and the shortage of food, this is going to keep on existing until we have a digital world economy. We're going to get rid of dollars and yens and francs and, and all these other stuff. We're going to get rid of all that and switch to digits and that will be controlled by computers and people who run the computers can control your money. Well, it's coming to that one day where it's gonna happen, but in the meantime, we're heading in that direction. They're already talking about it. God created all wealth. So it really comes back to this. The earth is the Lord's and the full. God owns everything. We just happen to be those who are being in control of it right now. We, he has turned it over to man for man to have control over it, but he still owns it. 
So God created the wealth, he owns the money, and all of man's systems are going to fail. And the last system man will have will be a digital economy where again, then it would not be called yen and all this other stuff because right now we can't. I mean, you might call the digits in their dollars, but they're not going to represent dollars. It'll be a one world system. And so we're moving very rapidly in that direction. And so again, the Bible says the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness, which includes the wealth of it, also belongs to the Lord. And the meek, that's the teachable, are going to inherit the whole planet. So the meek shall inherit the earth. And the Greek word there is gay. It's not the word cosmos for the world system. The world system is owned by Satan and run by Satan. But right now it says that all this stuff in the earth, God is reserving it for the teachable ones, those who understand his word, those who walk in righteousness and those who become disciples of the Lord will now begin to inherit the land around them. So until Jesus comes, he will continue meeting your needs. If you know Jesus, you will not be here for the mark of the beast. Those who take it can never be saved. Again, what I'm telling you is we're seeing the coming of it. We're seeing the fringes of it. We are seeing the uh, putting together of it right now, a digital economy, and, we're be, and what will be touted was eventually, will eventually be this. This will stop all of this you're going through. All the high prices here, this and that. We can have a common world price. We can have a common world government. We can have a common world digital economy. We're going to settle all this stuff. Utopia, utopia, but it won't be because the whole thing and the whole purpose of it is to overthrow Christians, overthrow Israel, and basically overthrow God. So, in the meantime, what do we do? Well, even though we see it coming, don't get in fear because it's only going to last for seven years. On top of that, we won't be here for it when it comes in. And until Jesus comes, he'll continually meet, continue to meet our needs. But if you know Jesus, you're not going to be here. You're going up in the rapture of the church before the mark of the beast comes in because the beast won't be here yet. And so the mark of the beast will be a, a part of the digital economy. And instead of carrying a credit card, Instead of carrying these other things, you know, that we have, what's going to happen is a mark will be placed either in the forehead or in the back of the hand right here, right here. And so if you ever lost your hand, you still got a place up here for it. And they'll just scan it. And that's what happens. Your, your money will be taken. And like you can now tap your credit card and these things will happen. That's going to happen with the mark of the beast. But it'll be placed in them. And the Bible actually says this, that those who take it can never be saved. They have totally committed themselves to the world system and to Christ and Satan himself. And the Bible says that if you're here and you didn't go in the rapture because you weren't saved, but you got saved during the tribulation, the first or second half of it, do not take the mark of the beast when it's offered. And God will still see to it because he's promised through the word of God, he will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, pastor, what's gonna to happen to our own country, the United States of America? Well, we may see a short-term return to sanity with more morality. I mean, I'm excited to see what's going on around us today. I mean, congressmen and senators and people that are voting, I mean, they're beginning to wake up. Even liberals are going, we didn't vote for this. I mean, all this chaos going around and stupid decisions, even they are saying that. So we may see a short return to sanity and more morality, yet we may not. Any return will be temporary if we have returned. God's nation, Israel, and Jerusalem will be captured but never destroyed or its people dispersed ever again. When they came back in 1948, they will never, ever be kicked out of that land again. Jesus will rule temporarily from Jerusalem for a thousand years, and after that, he's going to reign from there eternally. In both time periods, 
Heaven will always be available. And during that time too, the United States is not even mentioned in the book of Revelation or the Old Testament nations talking about that. So whenever the tribulation begins, the United States, even though we'll probably exist as all other nations do, we will not have the leadership we have today. You may be saying, but I love the United States. So do I. I'm a patriot to the core, but I can tell you this, I'm more of a patriot toward heaven because when I got saved, my credentials were changed from earth to heaven. I'm now a citizen. My citizenship was changed from the United States to heaven itself. And this is temporary. That is eternal. And I'll be with the Lord forever and forever in heaven and on earth during that time period. All I'm saying is understand this, although heaven will be brought down to earth during the time after the millennium is over, and the earth will be wonderful at that time, I can simply say this, five seconds into the millennial reign of Jesus, you're gonna go, wow, the United States was never this good. Boy, does God have a plan for us, and we need to start rejoicing in it now because he promised he would take care of us. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.